Hey everyone, welcome to the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today is the Senior Director of Industry Strategy and Solutions and Healthcare Interoperability at Infor. Uh, and Jorg, Jorg Schwartz, great to speak with you today. Nice to be here, Jared. Let's dive right in. Yep. Uh, tell the audience a little bit about you. Yeah, I'm originally from Germany. I live here in California for over 20 years. Um, I uh, started in healthcare, IT, and interoperability in 1995. So I've been around the block for a while. Worked at companies like GE Healthcare and Agfa Healthcare. And for the last three years, I'm at Info Healthcare, responsible, as you said, for solution strategy in the interoperability space. My my first experience with Infor was a, a few years back uh, at Hims, and you I think it was your booth. You had a magician, and <laughs> they were handing out these these uh, cards that would make like make you be able to do a cool magic trick. It was a really cool. Uh, I, I still have it to this day, um, but really excited to have you dive more into the business. Let's let's assume there's people that are listening that maybe haven't heard of Infor. I always like to do this just in case we also bring you in front of some new people. Uh, give the audience an overview of the company where things are at today. Yes, Infor today is uh, uh, one of the top cloud-based companies, cloud-based enterprise software companies. Uh, they bought about 10 years ago, Lawson Software. Uh, Lawson had a big position in healthcare. Hundreds of healthcare organizations in the United States use Lawson Software. Uh, Infor took this uh, and brought this to a new level with uh, Cloud Suite, which is a full multi-tenant, um, modern cloud platform for healthcare operations. So this runs everything uh, hospital needs in the back office, supply chain, finance, uh, HR, workforce management, etc. And then before InforBot Lawson, Lawson had bought Cloverleaf and Cloverleaf is the number one clinical interoperability platform. And by bringing Lawson and Cloverleaf together, uh, we are actually able to build a clinically connected healthcare data platform. What that means is we can pull data from the ERP, from Cloud Suite, uh, and we can pull data from the EMR. And so we can enable workflows that use clinical data for better patient care, better um, you know, utilization, making sure that all the supplies are there, better provider engagement, less work for the nurses, et cetera, et cetera, by having really a clinically connected ERP platform. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest problems in healthcare is really the data silos. You have uh, so many data silos. You have, we have customers that have hundreds of different uh, different systems, specialty solutions for certain things. They all need some data and they all generate some data. So you have so many data silos, and a lot of the problems that we have in healthcare you can summarize by having data in different data silos because people don't know um, certain 
parts of the information that they should know because it sits in a different data silo. And so interoperability really at a high level allows you to address that because you can pull in data together. So let me give you an example, supply chain management. Uh, we do the contracting in the ERP, then we push the item numbers into the EMR, into Epic or Cerner. And then uh, when uh, the clinical documentation is done, they uh, obviously document what they use. And since, since it uses the same numbers that we pushed in there, we can then uh, deplete inventory and make sure that all the supplies are uh, restocked in time. We can also use that same mechanism to pull in that clinical data and a physician preference card to predict what we'll use. So when an appointment is scheduled, we know who the provider is and uh, we can then make sure that we have enough of the supplies on hand that you need for that surgery. Uh, unfortunately, there's still a lot of surgeries, uh, especially elective surgeries that have to be postponed because they don't have the right supplies on hand, which is bad for the patient, is bad for the hospital. So if you can avoid that, that's a good thing. And that's why it's good to do predictive analytics for uh, supply chain. And that's one of the features you can do if you have a clinically connected platform. Does that make sense, Jared? Yes, it, it makes it makes a lot of sense. And thank you for, you have a way Jorg of explaining things that is very is very calming too. So this is this is very this is going to be very enjoyable for our listeners. Um, <laughs> I, I like I like how you explain you you give a good overview and then you go into deeper detail. So I appreciate you taking that approach um, to to kind of carry on the conversation. You know, as it relates now to we talked a little bit about patients, as it relates to you know healthcare providers. Um, you know, how, how can healthcare providers deliver more personalized services to patients? Yeah, one is to have the information that's uh, the data silos. That's what we discussed before. Another thing is um, social determinants of health. Uh, we That's a big topic that a lot of people are talking about. For us on the IT side, it's a challenge because with social determinants of health, you cross out of the traditional healthcare realm. Examples that we often use is food insecurity, housing insecurity, uh, people that don't have a way to get uh, transportation, et cetera, et cetera. And there you have to build um, interactions with uh, interoperability with uh, services and providers that are not traditional healthcare providers. And this could be a wide range uh, from uh, physical therapy, which is not a traditional healthcare provider where you need to do referrals to um, food. Uh, there is something called, I, I at one of the conferences I um, attended recently, there was a food prescription, food RX. So now a lot of people say, well, people are food insecure or people that don't know how to buy the right ingredients that in order to keep them healthy and keep them uh, from readmitted to the hospital, you have to make sure that they have nutritious food, that they have healthy food and they prescribe food, which is not traditional what you think about healthcare. So when we think about healthcare nowadays, there's some people that say that 60% or even more of the healthcare outcomes are the 
determined by things that are not traditional healthcare. Uh, so you want to make sure that that a person has the way to get to an appointment. Let's say you have a cancer patient and they have regular appointment. You want to make sure. And so what we do is we provide a way to bridge into transportation services from your traditional infrastructure and use commonly used APIs with healthcare applications. And you have to make sure that you uh, do that in a secure way. But when you do that, you can you can uh, get so much better outcomes because you can accommodate all these social determinants of health. Is it possible for you to share an example? I know you kind of gave a, a broad overview. Could you could you share an example yeah, as let's, it relates to Infor? Yeah, let's let's do two examples that we implemented with customers. One is integrating Uber into your discharge workflow. So if you are discharging a patient, let's say an elderly patient doesn't have transportation, uh, Medicare pays actually for transportation and uh, you can schedule this. So uh, one way to do that is a nurse picking up the phone, calling a taxi, then you get a bill. Uh, the bill has to be uh, entered into the system. The modern approach to do that is uh, to integrate with an Uber or Lyft API. They offer specific uh, healthcare related services. And uh, through that API, they get the information when to pick up the patient, where to drop off the patient, and the bill goes right back into the EMR. So much less work for the nurse, for the care provider, and great experience for the patient. Um, so that's, that's one example uh, with Uber. There are other examples uh, where you could, for example, integrate Fitbit devices. You know, we collect a lot of data on these devices like the Apple Watch here. Um, you cannot put that information directly into the EMR, but somehow uh, if you have a patient that has chronic heart disease or something like that, it would be good to give them this device, monitor, and then uh, have basically algorithms review the data. And when the data shows that a doctor should look at it, then you push it into the EMR, the doctor can look at it. Uh, and if they think, oh, wow, we should call this patient in, then they can call the patient in. So these are some, some modern ways how you can integrate and use interoperability beyond what we traditionally used it for. What's next, Jorg, that you can share with what's happening, you know, within within your area of, of N4? I know there's some things you probably can't share, but uh, what can you tell us about what excites you about the future um, as it relates to, to your department? Yeah, there's a lot of new things happening. Uh, two things that I want to highlight is uh, the interaction between payers and providers. Uh, today, there's still a lot of uh, manual work, faxes, phone calls for what is called prior authorization. Uh, there is legislation that will make it mandatory to automate this, so both on the payer and, and on the provider side. So we built the infrastructure for this, and this will allow um, basically real-time adjudication of prior authorizations, which I think will be a big improvement for providers and for patients because they you can basically schedule let's say a knee replacement while the patient is still there because you can give access to whatever the payer needs uh, the documentation uh, right there from the 
medical record um, and then you can tell the patient, okay, come back in three weeks and we'll do your knee replacement as, as opposed to having a three weeks process uh, with the back and forth between the provider and payer. Another thing I'm personally very, very excited about is uh, using clinical quality measures. Um, traditionally, these have been based on claims data, which means they Claims data is delayed three, four, five months. So clinical quality measures have been used more or less for reporting purposes only. In the future, we will be able to have real-time uh, measures of clinical quality based on clinical data, not only on claims data, and that will allow providers to be much better in managing chronic disease patients. So because the clinical quality measures incorporate best practices, we make sure that every diabetes patient, every chronic heart patient, every renal patient gets the best possible care because we can constantly make sure that they get what they should be getting in terms of services and, and tests. So this is really exciting. Well, it sounds super exciting. I'm really uh, glad that you and I were able to meet here. We'll continue the conversation. We'll bring you back on, maybe get you on some panels, which will be a ton of fun and hopefully run into each other at conferences. But York, I want to thank you once again for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast and excited to chat again real soon. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Great to meet you. Great questions. Um, so I, I joined you in hoping that we'll run into each other again. Yeah.